There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. I'm Akil Gibbons. Today, we'll discuss Colin Kaepernick's lawsuit against the NFL claims of the DEA cozying up with Big Pharma, and we'll hear from noisy writer Dan Ozzy on the iconic 1996 Simpsons episode, Homer Palooza. It's Tuesday, October 17th. As a part of Noisy's TV Week, staff writer Dan Ozzy wrote an article on the 1996 Simpsons Music Festival episode, Homer Palooza. Here's executive managing editor Dory Carr-Harris talking with Dan about the episode's impact and legacy. So, Dan, this article is part of TV Week, which is a very exciting initiative that Noisy is putting on right now. Can you give us the elevator pitch? When we were looking into our hearts to think of what people like besides music, we were like, hey, how about TV? So we decided just to do a music a week where we cover just the intersection of music and television. And in this piece, we're talking about maybe one of the arguably most iconic TV shows and maybe even most iconic TV show music moments, um, which is the Homer Palooza episode of The Simpsons. What are the cliff notes of the episode? Well, the cliff notes of the episode is um, it aired in 1996, and it was when Lollapalooza was fairly new. I think it started in 91, Lollapalooza. And um, so it was, um, it's very much known in the canon as being the episode where they got these huge, like, alternate rock acts of the 90s. You know, they had um, all of the Smashing Pumpkins, Sonic Youth, um, Cypress Hill, Peter Frampton, all guest art, all played themselves. I was probably 13 when it aired, and I just remember just taking it at a very base level, just being like, oh, this is such a cool episode. They got all of my favorite musicians on, like Billy Corgan's making jokes. That's funny. But now when I when I watch it, um, weirdly, I'm closer to Homer's age than I was to Bart's age. You know, it's there's so much more to this episode. It's really about accepting getting older. And it's just this feeling that I think you get once you get past maybe 30 or so, where you realize like your generation isn't cool anymore. Um, Your kids are cool. But what you like now is old and it's like you start to become your parents and you always thought your parents were so uncool and unhip but like you have to accept that that you've become them so there's this much like deeper thing going on in the episode that really i identify with more now um so if you haven't watched this episode in a while i recommend going back and watching it i feel like if you're of a certain age it'll hit you differently than you remember it so this piece is really about how this episode came together looking back at and talking to a lot of the people who were you know pivotal to making that happen how was it trying to you know herd all these cats and get all these people um to weigh in on the episode um you know, I, I fortunately had the um, had the benefit of working with this uh, a co-writer, Alex Ross, who did a, a lot of the interviews too. But between us, we talked to Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley, who were the two showrunners of the episode. We talked to um, 
I talked to Cypress Hill, uh, Sendog from Cypress Hill, Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth, um, Benita Piatilla, I believe is how you say her name. She's been the show's um, casting director since day one. And what's funny, too, is like you think, especially people like Weinstein and Oakley and all the people that work on The Simpsons, they'd be tired of talking about an episode from 20 years ago because they've made 400 episodes since then. Literally, like, the show's up to 620 episodes. But, like, everybody has such fond memories of making it, and they're not jaded about it at all, which is very cool. To read Dan Ozzie's article on Homer Palooza, go to vice.com. And here are the headlines. A former DEA official, Joe Renesisi, claims that lawmakers in Congress, lobbyists, and large drug distributors have knowingly fueled the opioid epidemic, in large part through an industry-friendly law that undermined efforts to stop the flow of prescription painkillers to the streets. Here's Renesisi on 60 Minutes. And if they don't follow the law in drug supply, people die. That's just it. People die. Renesisi said that Representative Tom Marino, Trump's pick to head the Office of National Drug Control Policy, masterminded a 2016 bill to prevent the DEA from halting industry shipments that seem suspicious. Why? Well, in the process, Marino took in $100,000 in contributions from pharma-related PACs. To top it all off, this came at the height of what is now the deadliest drug epidemic in United States history. By then, the crisis had already claimed 200,000 lives, and overdose deaths continued to rise. And the former San Francisco 49ers player, Colin Kaepernick, has taken formal legal action against the NFL, claiming that the league's owners have, quote, colluded to deprive him of employment rights. No NFL team has hired Kaepernick this season after he kickstarted league-wide protests by kneeling during the national anthem last year. All right, that's it for right now. Thanks for listening. For more news and culture, check out vice.com. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now.